Members of the UNT Alumni Association can join OLLI at UNT for just $85 a year. Our fall 2021 semester is now underway. Learn something new in one of our non-credit courses, attend special events, and enjoy great member benefits. For more information, contact OLLI at unt.edu. You're listening to the OLLI at UNT Alumni Spotlight Series, presented by the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at UNT and the UNT Alumni Association. The Alumni Association is open to all friends of UNT who are interested in serving, supporting, and celebrating the university. To learn more, visit untalumni.com. To learn more about OLLI at UNT, please visit our website, olli.unt.edu. Now let's join our host, Ali at UNT member, Susan Supak. This is Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas, known to most of us as Ali. In partnership with the UNT Alumni Association, the Ali at UNT podcast presents the Alumni Spotlight Series featuring exceptional alumni. This month's spotlight falls on Dr. Brenda Barrio, Associate Professor of Special Education at the University of North Texas. Dr. Barrio received her many degrees, a bachelor's, a master's, and a PhD from UNT. She is the co-founder of a remarkable program called Elevar, providing post-secondary education for young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Dr. Barrio is also president-elect of the Council for Learning Disabilities. Her research focuses on the disproportionate number of culturally and linguistically diverse students in special education. Welcome, Dr. Barrio. Thank you so much for having me today, Susan. It's delightful to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Wow, diversity is an important theme in many, many areas of our nation today. How does diversity affect special education? That's a great question. So as you know, the majority of our K-12 students are now students coming from diverse cultural and linguistic backgrounds. And in special education being a service provision in schools, it has really also seen an increase in diversity as well. For example, we have seen that many students from diverse backgrounds are not only being served by special education, but also being included as many of our inclusive specific programs, right? We do see disability also as diversity, as part of diversity. Um, And the field of special education has been really looking to enhance different ways that we can provide these services for students with disabilities coming from diverse backgrounds in order to best meet their needs. Do you find that there are particular challenges in ensuring diversity in special education versus education in general? Absolutely. Unfortunately, we've had a historical aspect of disproportionality in special education, meaning that there is an either over-representation or an under-representation of students from diverse backgrounds in special education. For example, Black or African-American students are usually placed in special education at larger rates than their classmates. Or coming from the CDC's research, we've also seen that students from diverse backgrounds, specifically Black and Hispanic students, are under-identified as having autism spectrum disorder. So there is a lot of historical and research-based 
information that really has impact in special education in general, especially as our diverse populations increase. Now, in the recent years, we have seen a shift, especially in special education, going from a deficit perspective, which means, you know, we're trying to look at what the student, what's missing within the student, into a more of a strengths-based perspective, meaning we are looking at the student as a whole uh, with their gifts and their talents and their backgrounds, and we're really meeting them where they are in order to continue to help them grow. So I think this new uh, perspective, whether it's in special education and in general education, it really has helped not only diverse students with disabilities, but all students in general. That's terrific to hear. It's wonderful to know that the leading edge educators today are looking at people in a whole. They're not just looking at a, a small section of what a person can do or, or where they fall when they are in the public education system or whatever education system. It's wonderful that to know that they're looking at people in a whole. And I would imagine, too, in the different ways and styles that people are learning. Absolutely. Yes. We have seen many different ways that, for example, culture and their background impact student learning. And we want to make sure that all of that encompasses part of their learning experience, right? So we've seen a lot of research in the past few decades that support this, but really a big movement in the past few years that that is helping us redefine what special education, but also education in general, really is about. And so whether it's making sure that we pay close attention to students' values, their background, their upbringings, their traditions, and embedding them within education in general, it really shows that students grow tremendously, they engage better, and their overall outcomes really shine. You mentioned the differences in the backgrounds. And so there are cultural effects to the way a person learns. Can you give me an example of something like that? Yes, absolutely. So one of the things, for example, that we often see is that culture, and and I know many people don't think that that they might have a culture, right? We all have some type of culture, some type of tradition, some type of background, upbringing, things like that, right? So one good example is if a student, for example, comes from a specific culture and they are represented in books, whether that's children's literature, that's textbooks, that is in the curricula that we use, if they are represented in the classroom specifically, that engagement increases tremendously. Also, their outcomes in general, whether that is reading, whether it's math, any of the traditional academic outcomes also increase. So it is a great way to see how culture and our background, whether we're English learners, whether we are coming from a specific culture or background, or even if we grew up in, within the United States, but we're from the Midwest or part of the of the country, those backgrounds and upbringings really can make a big difference within the classroom. That's good to hear. I love different cultures, and I'm glad to hear that they're being incorporated and not being transformed. I used to be back in a former existence, a speech pathologist, and I would have people come to me and say, I have this accent. I think I should get rid of my accent. And honestly, unless it interfered with their communication, I say, no way. I'm not helping you get rid of your accent. I love it. It's beautiful. So it's good to hear. That's great. That's great. It can make people proud of their culture and, and learn 
around in anything that might be blocking their ability to advance educationally, but still maintain who they are and their own identity. That's marvelous. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we mean about meeting the student and viewing them as a whole, because that is part of who they are, right? Disability is part of who they are, their culture, their background, it's who they really are. And so bringing in and making sure that as educators, we view them in a holistic perspective is extremely important. And it makes our job easier, right? The better that we know our students, the easier it is to incorporate all of their background into the classroom. And in a way, uh, thankfully, research supports all of this. Great. It's got to make it more interesting. And I have to say, probably more fun, right? It is, absolutely. <laughs> Always more fun. Well, this is a great segue into what I mentioned at your introduction with the University of North Texas's program, which I believe you founded, Elevar. Can you tell us about it? A fantastic group of faculty and I uh, co-founded the UNT Elevar program starting in fall 2019. We started having these conversations and Elevar is really an innovative and inclusive post-secondary program for students with intellectual disabilities, as you mentioned. Uh, What does this mean? It really means that We have a program for students who traditionally cannot come to the university because of many different barriers, right? Whether it's because they had an IEP when they were in school, perhaps they did not complete all of their coursework as the university really, really tries to to include in their admissions process. And, and we try to provide that opportunity for them to have a college experience, not only for them to enjoy it as any other traditional college student does, but really to increase their independent living skills and also focus on their career of choice. So when they do graduate from the university, they are allowed to find a job in a career of choice in a competitive and inclusive employment setting. Can you explain to the listeners what an IEP is? So an IEP is an individualized education plan. So for any student that is served within special education in the public schools, they receive an IEP. So that individualized education plan includes goals, includes levels of performance, the many accommodations and modifications they might receive. So they can actually provide the best individualized education as possible for the student so they can continue to grow. So this this sounds unique. Is this a unique type of program? I don't think I've ever heard of anything like this before. Absolutely. So we are very proud to be the first one in the North Texas area. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I would say Within the United States, we're only we're one of, of only a handful of fully inclusive programs. There's about 306 other programs around the U.S., but not all of them provide the full inclusive experience, college experience that we have here at UNT. So we are very, very proud that UNT is paving the way in disability and diversity initiatives with this program. And of course, we're we're very much uh, grateful that both the university community as well as our administrators have been very much welcoming. That's terrific. Now, by inclusive, do you mean inclusive in the different levels of disability from the extremes, or do you mean inclusive in terms of cultural, or what do you mean by inclusive? 
By inclusive, we mean the type of access that they are having to the college experience. So for example, students in the Elevar program are able to take courses, traditional UNT courses, with every other student on campus, depending on their career of choice, right? So currently we have five students. One of them is taking classes in sport management, another one in kinesiology, one in media arts, theater, and finally as uh, hospitality management. So they're able to explore their career of choice, take those classes, um, they get to live on campus. They're currently living in Legends Hall with other traditional students. They get to go to the rec center, to the dining hall, have the full college experience, and there is no barrier or there is no setback for them to access any of that traditional college life that we, many of us, right, got to experience. So the advantages of a student within your program, I'm, I'm thinking, is that uh, you provide the support. They're there in school, but they get the support that perhaps their particular needs require. Is that right? Yes, 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 yes. That is correct. So what the UNT Levar program does is provide those supports. So the classes that they do take, although they're traditional classes, they're for zero credit. Again, because there is that difference in admissions to the university, right? So although they're for zero credit, they get to participate in all these different assignments. They might be modified assignments, for example, instead of writing a five-page paper, because that might be a very difficult task for them to do. They might put together a PowerPoint, for example, but they still get to participate in the class with everybody else, and they get to present their PowerPoint just like everybody else. And honestly, it is the support that we provide, it is at the individual level. So some students may require more supports than others, but Most of them are extremely independent. They just spent their first weekend here at UNT, and they really enjoyed it. They even cooked on their own yesterday at Legends. They went to the grocery store. They were able to participate in first flight with everybody else, go to convocation and everything else. So their level of independence is is great. They might just need additional supports academically um, or socially as well. Now, with zero credits... Can you tell me what advantages the students do get when they complete their program? One of the most important things is that they get both the academic knowledge, so learning from our faculty and our students, just like everybody else, but also we pair them up with a specific internship that goes hand in hand with that, which in research, in labor statistics, students with intellectual disabilities fare the lowest, one of the lowest of any person in jobs uh, specifically. Here in the state of Texas, it's very, very minimal that they actually are able to not only participate in any traditional employment, but Specifically, very rarely, I think it's something like 5% that they get to participate in competitive, inclusive employment. So having them be in a traditional job like you or, uh, or me, it's very rare. So this provides them not only with that knowledge and skills, right, that all of most of us, you know, in, in college obtain, but also the employment or the internship piece, right? So they actually are acquiring the knowledge and putting it into practice within 
their internship. Has there been research done on the effects of this kind of program on a person's ability to succeed later in life? Yes, absolutely. So we have an umbrella organization called Think College, and they have been doing research for many, many years. But this specific type of research in the past 10 to 12 years have really shown that students that attend these types of programs, especially the more inclusive programs like ours, there is a 73% uh, 73% of the graduates of these types of programs are actually able to obtain a paid job within the first year uh, or two. So again, very significant, especially if we are looking at numbers nationwide in the single digits or the teens, uh, in the growth to go to 72%, it's, it's pretty remarkable. It certainly is. Yeah, I can imagine it would mean a big difference to an employer if they're looking at someone's job application and they're able to put down what they've done at UNT with the LFR program. Yes, and that's what we're also trying to do, right? So we're trying to show employers that our students are very much capable in doing the many things that many of us can do, right? That they have the knowledge, they have the skills, they're able to be in a competitive employment setting, and they bring a lot of great gifts to the table, right? So they are wonderful employees, and they are very loyal as well. There's a lot of research that shows that as well. So there are many different positive outcomes, not only for our students, but also for employers and also the university community in general. Yeah, and our community, all outside the university, I would imagine that putting these people into quality, productive lives has to have a big effect on any community that they live in. Yeah, yeah. We've seen that really affects if they are employed. That really shows that, you know, they can sustain themselves. They can have their own apartments. They can have their own homes. They will stop. Many of them actually stop receiving Social Security, for example. So they can actually obtain a paycheck at the end of the day, right, that really helps them have a livelihood that is um, equitable, that is something that many of us pursue, and that is something that will only enhance their, their quality of life at, at the end of the day. It definitely helps a person's self-image. Yes. Is your program relatively new? How long has it been going on? We have um, literally a week. Um, so <laughs> That's great. Hot off the presses, right? Very much so. <laughs> yes. We've been working at it for, for two years. And thankfully, we were able to obtain a $2.6 million grant from the U.S. Department of Education uh, in October that helped us launch quickly the program. And we just welcomed the initial cohort with five students uh, last weekend during move-in. So Saturday, August 14th is when they moved in into Legends Hall and they left their families behind and they've been at orientation during first flight this entire week and they've been doing absolutely fantastic. Today was their first day of classes and yeah, so we're brand new. This is so exciting. It's exciting for me and I'm not in the program, so I can imagine you must just be walking on air to see this get started. Yes, yes. Uh, like I said, we have a, an amazing team behind 
that has been putting a lot of time and effort and work, and not only our leadership team, but everybody from faculty to staff to student affairs to our administrators to students. We have an ama- some amazing graduate students and student assistants that have been working really hard. It truly does take the entire university community. You know, we have some great champions, like our housing folks have been from the beginning since we first approached them, they have said yes. And so it it really takes uh, the entire village of UNT to put something like this together. Makes me feel proud of UNT. Now you mentioned that there are five students. Is that pretty much where you're going for the level or do you expect it might grow? What are your thoughts on that? So we already have the plan for growth. We will be selecting 10 to 12 students per cohort starting next year. So this year, the applications open around December for the next fall, so fall 2022. And so the cohort will include 10 to 12 students. Since the the program is a four-year program, we expect to have between 40 and 48 students at any given time once we have full capacity. I would imagine your application level is going to be pretty high. That sounds to me like you're going to have a tough job ahead (laughs) with all the people that want to enjoy this and participate in it. It is. Unfortunately, you know, there's not a lot of programs like this one. We're trying to encourage other universities to have programs. We, we're supporting other universities as much as possible if they reach out and, and, and provide that. Because yes, the need is extreme, especially in the DFW area. Having cohorts of 10 to 12 may not be a big difference. So we're trying really hard. But, but fortunately, yes, we have this past year, although people were still learning who we were, uh, we had a pretty high number of applications. So it was very difficult to narrow it down. And the application is, is uh, pretty lengthy. We, we go through vetting and then also interviews, interviews with families, and it really takes a long time. So yes, this upcoming year, we already have open houses and uh, we're having a lot of emails and a lot of people that are coming to do the UNT tour plus our open house. So so yes, it's going to be very difficult next year. I foresee you getting many emails from different universities and colleges wanting to know more about your program and how you're doing all of this. Can you describe a typical young adult that the program is designed to serve? Yes. So what we always share with uh, students and families that are interested in the program is that the student must want to come to college. They must want to pursue additional education. They must want to go and have an internship and try to live as independently as possible. So, of course, we have the requirement through, uh, through a grant that they have to have an identified intellectual disability But other than that, we really try to support students that are wanting that independence, that they want to pursue a competitive employment after they finish college. They want to continue to be lifelong learners and really that they want to learn from others and meet other people in college, just like the rest of us did, right? Do you also include employment opportunities for these students? Yes, yes. one of the pieces that is uh, very unique from our program because we have a great interdisciplinary leadership team with some of our wonderful colleagues in the College of Health and Public Service in the rehabilitation 
program. And they are the ones that provide the expertise in the employment side. So from the beginning, as soon as the students get here, we start seeking internships, whether that's paid or unpaid employment, right? So whether that's here on campus, at first, we're going to do it here on campus where the students are still learning the college experience and, and all of that, but they're able to also pair their career of choice with that internship. So the classes will match whatever their internship is. It's our goal that in years three and four, like many of our other traditional students, they are in the community pursuing, again, paid or unpaid employment, and they're integrated within the community, both at the independent living level, but also at the employment level. The opportunities that the students have in developing relationships with others must be just such a critically important aspect of this program, just as it is with any, with any university student. It's such a big part of attending a university, learning to be a productive part of the community. It sounds like you've got that wrapped into such a healthy and vital aspect of any of your students. I just am so excited for your program. I thank you for it because I see that it's going to help us all over the nation, especially once some of the other universities are aware of your successes and uh, the work that you've done to put a first-class program together. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things, I co-founded a similar program at Washington State University where I was faculty before I came back to UNT. I was faculty there at for six years, and and we co-founded an inclusive post-secondary program for of two years instead of a four-year. And one of the biggest, and and I would say most amazing things that we saw as outcomes of these types of programs, it wasn't just that the students were able to access, um, you know, quality education. They were able to have their internships and be part of this college experience, but it was really the impact of them being on campus to the rest of the university community. The faculty and staff and other traditional students were able to really grow um, in not only their views about disability specifically, but really the way that they would provide inclusive access and diversity within their campus in general. So I'm hopeful and I'm very excited that we're able to bring this to the University of North Texas, not only because I'm an alum and this is somewhat of a dream, but really because it's going to really enhance the rest of or of our UNT community in, in a much positive way. It sounds like an amazingly awesome contribution, and I really appreciate you joining us, talking to us about it, explaining it to us, because so many times these kinds of wonderful things are going on, and we have no idea because sometimes, you know, so often they're not covered in the newspaper as they should be. And I thank you very much at this busy time for you taking time to talk to us about it. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Barrio. Thank you, Susan. Really appreciate This has been Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas with Dr. Brenda Barrio. Thanks for listening. The Ali at UNT podcast is recorded and edited by Susan Supak and produced by me, Jordan Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, check out our previous interviews and subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. 
to receive email notifications about each new episode, join our email list at olli.unt.edu slash podcast.